Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for the episode today. It is with Kay Brown and we really got into it and we're so vulnerable talking about our insecurities, our breakups and and all things like that. So I think you're going to really enjoy it. But before we get into it, I'm going to answer some of your questions that you had submitted via Instagram. Someone wanted me to talk about signs that a relationship is going well while apart. Um, I would say the number one sign for that is communication. If your communication is strong, then most likely things are going really well. If you, you know, are are regularly speaking and FaceTiming and sexting and having FaceTime sex and truly feel like you miss each other, then things are definitely going well in that department. And, you know, you don't feel their absence too much because you feel like they have given you emotional support through this time. Those are all really good signs. Someone wanted me to talk about masturbating. I know I talked about this a little bit on my Instagram this week. Someone asked, like, how often should you masturbate? For me, I have a very high sex drive. And so since I was younger, like, I would masturbate like every night before bed. It was kind of like my way of winding down and getting myself ready to sleep. And so, I mean, now that I'm in a relationship and I'm like basically living with my, I mean, I am living with my partner, there's less of a need to do that because we, you know, are sexually active. But when we were back in the city living at our own apartments, like it's like, you know, every night that we weren't together, I would do that because that's what I'm used to and that's what I like. And it's totally different for everyone, but that is something that, you know, makes me happy, relaxes me, takes stress away. And it's healthy. Like it's really healthy to masturbate, whether you're, you know, watching porn or coming up with your own scenarios in your head, whatever you're doing. Um, you know, it's it's good, especially if you're a woman when you have your period and you have an orgasm, it actually really helps your cramps. So you should do it as often as you can, in my opinion. Someone asked, at what age should you no longer have roommates? Um, For me, it was 28. Probably like 27, I started to feel like I wanted to live alone. But 28 was when I did officially. And 
it was really necessary for me. I just felt like I was ready for my own space. Like there's nothing wrong with having a roommate and it's great to come home to someone. But part of the reason that I needed to come home to someone was because I wasn't like emotionally ready to be alone. And I wasn't in a good headspace to, you know, be with myself and my thoughts. Whereas when I turned 28, I started to feel better being alone and feel stronger with who I was. And I feel like once you feel like that, like you're like, oh, I don't want to live with anyone. I don't want anyone in my space. And, you know, you're ready to be like a real, you know, independent person. And for me, that was that was at 28. But I think it's different for everyone. I know people who live alone at 23. And I know people who still have roommates at 31. Um, so it's totally, totally based on what feels good to you and what makes you happy. Moon sign compatibility. I think, you know, your moon sign is like your deepest emotional self and like how you feel about things. So it is important that your moon signs are compatible. But it's not like the end all be all. I think... I did a, an Instagram live with an astrologer named Alice Bell on this. And she was saying like, it's actually really good to have differences in your charts. So for example, I'm a Capricorn moon and my partner's a Sagittarius moon. Those signs do get along, but they're not like, oh my God, the best match of, of two signs. So I think as long as like you understand where each other is coming from, that's all that matters when it comes to moon sign compatibility. But I would say like, I don't know. I don't know how how well like an Aries moon and a Capricorn moon would do. Or like, I don't know, a Libra moon and a Capricorn moon. But But who knows? Maybe that, again, is like just the difference that you need. Experiences on dating apps. I had great experiences on dating apps. And I think I talk about this maybe in this episode or another one coming up. But like, you know, I met my ex on a dating app. I think dating apps are great you know, you just have to sift through a lot of people. Like it's kind of, you have to put in the work and put in the time. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Body changes in relationships. I think this is happening a lot now. And it's because we're in this pandemic where, you know, people aren't doing the regular things that they do. They're not um, working out at the same times. They're not going out to studios. They're you know, at home around their kitchen 24-7. So it's really hard to stay the same and not fluctuate. And I think that's okay. Like it's okay to change. And I think when you're with the right person, they shouldn't have a problem with that. It's really normal to go up and to go down. It's really, you know, about you and like, you know, if if your partner, let's say, is is changing and you're less attracted to them, then maybe you can work out together or, you know, if vice versa, maybe they encourage you to work out. It's You have to be open to the fact that your bodies are going to change all the time in relationships. And like, that's why it's so important to be in love with someone's personality more almost than how they look physically because things like that happen all the time. Like you get older and your looks change and looks fade and personality is always going to be there. So it's just really important to, to love that part of someone more than anything else. And lastly, you wanted me to talk about the pressure on women to take birth control. I mean, the pressure is real. Like I, 
I had friends in college who weren't on birth control and like would always make their partners use condoms and the partners would like talk shit about it to our other guy friends and make fun of our friends who used condoms. And it's like, that's not cool. Like it's your body, your choice. And you don't want to be on birth control because whatever reason, it doesn't even matter what the reason is, right? Like maybe it makes you feel off emotionally. Um, Maybe it's too expensive. Like whatever the reason is, you don't need an explanation. And again, like it's your body, it's your choice. So yes, there is pressure and that sucks. And maybe there always will be pressure, but you should do whatever you want to do. And the right person will respect your choice. Even if that means you're in a five-year relationship and you're not on birth control and they're still pulling out, it doesn't matter. It's your choice and your partner needs to respect that. Um, Also, I just want to mention, like we've had, we've talked about toxic relationships and like domestic abuse and violence and things like that in past episodes. But I wanted to give you a resource if that's something that you're going through. You can go to thehotline.org slash help, or you can go to ncadv.org slash get dash help. So that's thehotline.org slash help or ncadv.org slash get dash help. Um, You're not alone. So many people are going through this, especially during quarantine where, you know, everyone's stuck together or maybe stuck with someone they don't want to be stuck with. So don't hesitate to reach out to those organizations or, you know, to me or to a friend and um, everyone wants to help you. You're again, you're not alone. So thank you guys so much for listening to this solo. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on our episode with Kay. So I will turn it over. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Betch's social media coordinator, editor, person that to go to for all of that, Kay Brown. How's it going, Kay? Hey, I'm so excited to be here as well. I um so funny because I saw your background. I was like, amazing apartment. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I really wish this is my apartment, but it is my parents' house. So I'm it's way less cool because I'm I'm living with my parents right now, you know? Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, wait, so first of all, I just want to tell you that I love your name because my middle name is K, but but like um, sorry, it's not K-A-Y. My middle initial is K. Oh. So I always thought it'd be so cool if it was K-A-Y, but it's Kate, um, which is not gotcha. I cool. actually have only met like one other K in my entire life. Like they just don't exist. My real name's Catherine. So oh, this it's is a just, nickname. It's a nickname. Instead of going by Katie or Kate or, um, you know, any of those other ones, I go by K. I like that. It's original. Yeah. So, Kay, how old are you and where are you from? So I am 31 years old and I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, but I've been in New York for almost nine years at this point. Wow. So you're I know. pretty much a New Yorker. I'm basically a New Yorker. That's why like when guys ask me, so like, where are you from? I'm like, well, I guess Cincinnati, but I've been here for so long that this is kind of home. Is your family still in Ohio? Yeah, they're still there. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what is your current relationship status? I am 
pretty newly single. I went through a quarantine breakup at the very like day one working from home. I went through a breakup. So I'm single and isolated. (laughs) So how did that go down? Why did that go down? Was it something that you wanted? Was it like mutual? Were you surprised? It was my boyfriend's decision. And um, I actually was surprised. I've, I've talked about this a little bit before on my podcast, but um, I was surprised that it happened. And it was kind of jarring because in you know this whole isolation quarantine thing, like you feel very abandoned is the wrong word, but that was the sort of like vibe I felt for the first couple weeks of this. And, um, we were doing long distance. And so it felt even more, um, I felt even more removed from everything. So it was rough at first, but it's definitely gotten so much better and being forced to like deal with my feelings and be in this sort of state of like, okay, this is what it is now. And you just have to like figure it out instead of numbing it with going out, meeting a ton of guys, drinking, that sort of a thing. And how long had you guys been together before the breakup? We were together for almost a year and a half. Did you see it coming at all? No, not, I mean, no, not really. I, uh, there was like a week or two leading up to it. He was a little distant, but he had signed up for an acting class like or like an improv type of class because he does a lot of on-camera stuff and mm-hmm. um, just wants to like up his game in that sort of way. And he seemed a little distant, but I thought it was because of, you know, focusing on that. But it's because he wanted to work on his career, which I think is a bullshit excuse, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I that's, agree. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you have plenty of time now since we are in quarantine to work right. on whatever you need to work on. And just because we're a little bit into Zodiacs and astrology on this podcast, when is your birthday and when was his? Um, I am a Capricorn and he's a Scorpio. Ooh. I feel like that's like a hit or miss situation. Yeah. Very intense personalities, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you know any of the rest of your chart or just your sun sign? I know. I'm, I do not know, but I'm, I love like hearing about this kind of stuff. I actually mm-hmm. just posted on my own personal Instagram because I saw this trend on TikTok where, um, yes, I'm 31 on TikTok Same. where you like type in, um, why are, and then your sign why are Capricorn so? And then oh, it'll show yeah. you a bunch of things. I just posted on my story and it was like hard to date, moody. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. So what has going through a breakup in quarantine been like for you? And is that, you know, what is some advice that you can give to our listeners who might be going through a breakup during this time too? At first it was really hard just because... um you know, you're by yourself. Like my roommate, um, you know, was at home and I was here alone in my apartment. And I, and usually like when you go through this sort of thing, you go out and like, you're like, girls, let's have a girls night. Like, let's go meet a bunch of guys. Let's, you know, having all of these things that are distractions from what you're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. And at first not having that was really, really difficult. And so, you know, going to sleep was hard and it was already hard sleeping in general because I wasn't exerting enough energy to warrant sleep. But I think now at this point, I have moved myself on so much because I have, you know, forced myself to feel these feelings to be like, you know what, this is the situation. This is why you feel this way. You know, using all these tactics that you wouldn't have when 
uh, when we're allowed to go out and do all that stuff. I think I'm going to come out of this personally. I mean, way better than before than I'd come out of a breakup normally. So I think just if I had to give any advice for people who are going through breakups, which I know a lot of people are, which is mm-hmm. very alarming, but I think just feel the feelings and it's okay to be upset and it's okay to be angry and cry and, you know, have a few drinks at home. Like, I think that's all okay and it'll help you in the long run. Yeah. So, but you didn't, you haven't seen him in person. Like the breakup wasn't in person. Okay. No, the breakup was on FaceTime, which... Oh my God. (laughs) It just like started this whole spiral of Zooms and FaceTimes and everything. That was like the first one. But I saw him once because it was right when we started working from home, but it nobody really understood how crazy serious this was. And I had already planned a trip to go out to LA that weekend because that's where he was living. And obviously I didn't stay with him, but I still went out there that weekend and stayed with some friends. And we met up once for like 10 minutes. And I was planning on asking him, you know, like, why, why did you do this? Like, what made you feel this way? Like, at what point did you decide that this was it? But then I sort of realized, what's the point? Because all I'm going to do is end up hurting my own feelings. And um, so why do I need those questions answered? Because it is what it is at this point. So I sort of just asked him, you know, is this a, I need to take a break and actually work on my career and figure out like my trajectory um, in life? Or is it a, I just don't see you as my, sorry to be cheesy, but like life partner. And it was, and it was, the he didn't see me as that person and and you can't you know blame anybody for that or that's not your fault or their fault it's just is what it is and so that's all we did it was meet up that one time and we really haven't spoken since which is wild but that was kind of like a closure thing in a way yeah it was definitely it was definitely a closure i think that was the only question that i sort of needed answer to have that closure was like is there a possible chance or is there not and so I can move on or maybe hold on to a little like shred of hope. Yeah. I actually, I remember when I, right before starting this podcast, I was dumped kind of like viciously and it wasn't in person either. It was over the phone because (sighs) I guess like we had the last time we had been in person, he thought that we broke up, but like it didn't come across to me. Um, He thought? Yeah. Like, like, huh? So we were on the phone And he like broke up with me. Um, And I have not seen him since in person. Like that was the last conversation I ever had with him. How long ago was this? Like three years, I think. Jeez. Isn't that kind of crazy? And I like, I never really, I never needed closure about it. And like, obviously the podcast is like closure for any relationship and every relationship, right? But it's like, I was thinking about it. And, you know, because you said that your ex was like, it wasn't my career. Like, it just, you weren't my life partner. He had right. he had said something like that to me. And I remember thinking, what's wrong with me that I think that anyone I date could be a life partner. Otherwise, I wouldn't date them. Mm-hmm. Whereas this other person is dating and dating and thinking that you're not the partner, but still dating. You know what I mean? It's like, why do we yeah. as women, like, why are we so optimistic? And why are they... Like, what are they doing dating us if they don't think that we're going to be their life partner? I know. And that's what, and that's my initial, that was my like initial thought. And then I tried to tell myself, you know, maybe, maybe he did think that and maybe that's what it was. And then we just, you know, 
life happened and he realized that it wasn't it, which kind of hurts <laughs> even more, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I mean, that's the only way I feel like I can justify that. But I think, uh, first of all, I wanted to bring up, um, yeah. I saw the article in the New York Times, oh, thank you. which is super exciting. Yeah. Our, our Betches Brides podcast is in there, but yes. you're in there as well. And like, you know, getting people through, like, you know, talking about dating and getting married and stuff. Right. So I thought that was really cool. I wanted to congratulate oh, thank you on you. that. Yeah. And congrats yeah. to you guys too. My friend Ashley um, was mentioned. She does that podcast. That was yeah, Ashley Byrne. Yeah. She's the best. Um, shout out to Ash. Yeah. So, I mean, just like the, the breakup stuff is wild. It's like, and then like, once you find out that like, they don't want to be with you a long time, it's like, why would I want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me? And then it's like, yeah. I guess it's easier to get over them after mm-hmm. that. Exactly. But it's funny. So like, I didn't think the conversation would go in this direction, but I'm so happy it did because people are always asking me to do a podcast on how to get over your ex as if there's like one thing. Oh yeah. You just like, <laughs> you like wash your hands. Way. Like, yeah. Wash your hands three times, like spin around. It's like, no, <laughs> you literally just have to either have sex with someone else and like, it's really good or fall in love with someone else. I feel like those right. are the only real ways, right? I 100% agree because I mean, even though I've definitely, I feel very much over it, quote unquote, I still think that, you know, I still like think about him. I still replay things in my head here and there. And like, I'm still sad about it. I think it has to be, like you said, it has to be, you have to fall in love or yeah, have sex with someone else. And it just like shocks you out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So now that we talked about your breakup and just breakups in general, how has being single been during quarantine? And like, what have you, you know, as a creative person kind of set your mind to doing? Have you figured out ways to date that are new and interesting? Um, Well, at first, I mean, honestly, the first thought when it all happened was, oh my God, I have to date again. (laughs) That was my first Mm -hmm. thought. I mean, it like shot into my head. I was like, oh my God, I have to actually get to know people again and, you know, start from the beginning and start going out on dates. But then you also have a thought where it's like, okay, but how am I going to do that as the, you know, the time in quarantine has progressed to go even longer and longer and longer. So you sort of have to figure out a game plan, whether you want to completely just be like, I'm going to wait until I get out of this and, you know, stay off apps and not waste my time and anything, or, you know, dive right in and might as well like get to know people do these zoom, um, or FaceTime dates, which I think work really well. So our co-founder at Betches, Sammy, she called me probably a week after the breakup happened and she had this idea. She was like, you know, I want to help you like start getting out there and dating again. And I know other people want to talk about this whole new type of dating thing. I host a podcast about The Bachelor. So I felt like this was also very on time because the show had just ended. And um, we don't even know if there's going to be another Bachelorette show happening this year. So Sammy was like, why don't we create our own, you know, virtual version of the bachelorette um, dating sort of, I don't want to say contest, that's the wrong word, but like, you know, dating show. And it's all going to take place online. And so we came up with this idea where I'm essentially the bachelorette, if you will. And we're going to be doing this show called The Feeling is Virtual. And it'll be a series of Zoom dates with guys who have submitted via email 
for this position or for like to be cast to be part of this show. And I will end up choosing one of these 10 guys at the end and we will go on a date. We'll have like a whole reunion episode of uh, me and this guy actually going on a date in real life. Going on a virtual... Oh, well, oh real life yes, at the at end. the end once, once it's all happened. But yeah. during the actual show, we'll have Zoom dates, like group dates, just like The Bachelor. And um, it'll be hosted by Chris Burns, who is back, Carrie Bradshaw, but he'll be playing um, Crystal Harrison. And he'll be navigating these dates with like games and, um, you know, fun questions and prompts. And at the end of each date, I'll have two guys leave the chat and um, I'll pick my favorite from each group date. And my favorite from that date will have a one-on-one date on Instagram live with me. So everybody will be able to watch live in real time, but the group dates will all be going on IGTV. I love that. When is so, it airing? Um, we are still obviously in the process of picking all the guys and um, making sure everything's good to go. But uh, probably middle to end next week, we'll have our first episode out, giving you guys all the details on everything and um, how it's going to go down. That's yeah. amazing. Do you have... I mean, assuming you've already had a few virtual yeah. dates or like, you know, have spoken to a few people. Do you have any tips on virtual dating? People are always asking me and I I have a boyfriend here. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just try to guess what good tips would be, but I don't really know. So I have definitely gone on a few FaceTime dates because you you can only talk to somebody over an app for so long until it gets like, okay, well, what I don't need a pen pal, that sort of a thing. So after if, we're able to like text a little bit back and forth, either on the app or whatever. I mean, I'll initiate it because I have no shame. And I'll be like, hey, why don't we just like talk over FaceTime? Like, can I call you or whatever? Right. And honestly, don't I don't think you need to feel pressured to talk for a long time. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, well, I need to talk to him for an hour. Talk for like 15 minutes. Just have like a conversation. Maybe have like a glass of wine or something while you're talking to ease the nerves a little bit. But... Yeah. I think just talking to somebody like you and I have never spoken like in real life yet. This feels super comfortable, you know, and right. um, just think about talk as, as, as if you were talking to another person for the first time and don't feel pressured to make it last a long time. Come up with an excuse, like an exit plan if you need to. Like, oh, my mom's calling. Right. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. So and there's no hard right. feelings after it. Yeah. So pretty much like the same thing as a date in real life, but like switch to virtual things. Like, you know, when you go on a date and you have an exit strategy, like, oh, I'm going to go meet my friends after this. It's my friend's birthday. You know, you could say it's your friend's birthday. Exactly. You have you have plans just because you're just because you're in your apartment doesn't mean you don't have other things to do. So I think it's going to change everything, you know? Totally. Yeah, definitely. So someone, something someone wanted us to talk about a little bit is what we were like as teenagers and how that's like affected our dating lives now. Do you remember like, what was your teenage self like, I guess, in comparison to how you are now in um, your 30s? I've always been like very outgoing and loud and um, I've always had way too much personality for any guy that I've ever dated that has always been an mm-hmm. issue. Like I was in a, I was in a long-term relationship in high school, super toxic looking back on it. Um, you know, same, <laughs> same. like thinking about what his name was, Chad, he, um, 
of, of course. course. He was my first like real boyfriend, but he had like this bleach blonde hair, but it was all like very jealous sort of high school guy drama. Like I couldn't, like I would have to call him every day about X, Y, and Z. And like, he needed to know where I was going at all times that you think that's, you think that's normal. And then, you know, right. thinking about that now, I'm like, oh, well, that was not how it should have gone. But I think mm-hmm. I struggled to date in general because I wasn't super, I wasn't super attractive. Like these teenagers are now, like, I don't know how that's happening. I have so many questions, but I wasn't really attractive and I had a big personality. And so I couldn't really meet guys, but I think just accepting who I am and this is what I am and showing it up front and at the beginning and not trying to hide it. And then all of a sudden me spiraling out and this crazy person isn't like a shock has taught me a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. what about you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because I'm I'm like at my parents' house, so I have all like the photos from like my oh we need receipts and like my my I know my middle school years and all of this and I went to an all girls school, so it was like pretty cutthroat right. with the other girls and like if you were into guys, like you were like the boy crazy one, like you were like slutty and and like stupid, you know, and like it was it was so dramatic, but. I cared so much what people mm-hmm. thought of me and about being cool. Yeah. Like being cool and what people thought of me were like, you know, so important. And it's funny because I'm I was just I just finished normal people on Hulu. I, don't I know haven't if you watched, watched it, it, but I read everybody's the book been too. talking about it. Recommend? Yeah. Well, without giving any oh, okay, fully great. recommend, one hundred percent. But without giving anything away, like the main character the main guy, like he cares a lot what people think and it's like crippling mm-hmm. for him. And I could relate so much to that. So I think like, I don't know, I, I always had this scarring experience like with like a girl group in middle school that I'm sure anyone who had like catty girlfriends or went to an yeah. all girl school dealt with, which just like they like they dumped me out of nowhere once. They were like, we don't want to be your friend anymore. I know it was so sad. And I found this letter that like one of the mean girls wrote me being like, we have replaced you with this other girl. Like, oh, we don't come like you. On. Honestly, high school is outrageous. <laughs> outrageous. So I feel like now, like, I guess that has affected me in terms of like, I'm so sensitive about like friendships mm-hmm. and things like that. And like making sure like I surround myself with like loyal people who aren't going to like write me a mean letter that like they're dumping me for no reason, which is like kind of crazy. And and yeah, like I guess that's more like how it's affected my friendships more than my relationships. I think in terms of relationships, like yeah. I, I've always been a relationship girl and like that hasn't really changed much. Like you said, like you were in a long-term relationship in high school. So was I. I feel like I've been in like long-term relationships since. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being in high school and being like, I'm going to write this girl a letter and excerpt from my life. What? I know. People are brutal. People are like, brutal. Teenage girls are brutal. Like I, I'm sure I just, I did the same shit. I would not you know? survive now. If I was a teenager now, no. I would like, I would be a mess. Yeah. No, me too. For sure. Someone asked for us to talk about dealing with insecurities, which is interesting because I never really talk about insecurities on this show because like I'm always trying to lift yeah. people up and like, you know, it's okay to be single and it's okay to be like be an independent woman. But obviously, like everyone has insecurities. What is something that like you've dealt with or overcome in your life? I think dealing with 
Honestly, relationships. I know this is, I'm, we're talking about relationships again, but I get very insecure in relationships. I was engaged at the age of 20 to a guy who, um, you know, was in the military and did this whole thing. Like I went full rogue. My parents were having heart attacks. Like they were like, what are you doing? (laughs) And, um, and then we ended up getting back together and breaking up and then getting back together and breaking up. He eventually moved to New York. We were together for almost six years and broke up since I've been in New York. And I think every relationship that I've had, once it gets to a point of like, okay, you got to commit, like we need to either be like moving in together or we're like, we need to forward this relationship. Every guy that I've dated, they instantly like freeze up and then they change their mind and then we break up every single time. It's never, Mm. it's never for like a cheating reason or anything like that, but it's because we have to take that next step forward and the guy doesn't want to. And so I have this thing in this insecurity that any guy I'm going to be with, they're just going to change their minds the second things get serious. And so I tend to overthink just like everybody else and, you know, ask all these Mm -hmm. questions and I become like too overbearing. And that is a big insecurity with me as being overbearing and just panicking in general and pushing people away because of it. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because just like hearing it, what I hear is just that like the relationship just, it's not that like it's getting too serious. It's getting to a place where like both parties have to evaluate like, is this like, you know, cause every relationship it either you get married mm-hmm. or you break up. So it's just like, oh, we're not going in that direction. We're going in this direction as opposed to like, oh, it's K. So yeah, like, I know. Done. I know, you know it's not I mean? me, but in my head, I always think it is has no, I get something that. to do with, you know, something I did, which has been hard. Yeah, no, I get that fully. What yeah, about you? Of course, of course, it's tough. I don't know. Like, I wish um, it's so hard to pick just one thing. But like, since you said, since you <laughs> talked, right? But since you said in relationships, I guess I'll talk about in relationships for me. I guess honestly, just I'm I'm a little controlling, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it be, it comes from insecurity. And so if I'm trying to control the scene and the lights and the the drapes and like, like being the commander director person, it comes from a place of feeling insecure about things. And so like just the other day I started up with my boyfriend because we were like going to get groceries and because like we do nothing these days, that's like a big deal. And, um, you know, we had called in our sandwiches and like, I had thought that they were ready and we were going to be late. So I was like, let's go. Like, we got to go. We got to go. Like, come on, we got to get out of the house. Like we hurry up. And he was like, that was so annoying. Like the way that we just left the house, like that's like not fun, Uh you know? And I was like, wait, you're right. Like, I don't know why I do the things that I do. Like, I don't know why I needed to rush you out of the house like that. It's like, if I had just paused and been like, well, I care about this in a week. And the answer was obviously no. Then I would have just like, let us calmly leave. That's the a house. good way to but, put like, it though. Always... Like, will I care about this in a week? Like, will I care about this, you know, tomorrow to sort of evaluate how, you know, how to react to it. I've never thought about that. That's really, right. that's interesting and a really good way to think about it. It's really yeah. hard though, because <laughs> I care about everything. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to care about this in a week. Like I'll care about I'll everything. I'll fully in a week, spiral with no, without even like, I'll go into a blackout spiral right. and not even think about it. <laughs> fully, fully. 
So we do these really fun things on our Instagram where we ask poll questions and I want to rapid fire poll question, question answer you. Okay. What's the average number of dates per week when you first start dating? One to two or three to four? In my experience, it's always been one to two. Okay. Same with 88% of people. Most recent ex of two years broke up nine months ago, pretty messily, has not reached out at all during pandemic. Right to be upset or no? Um, they, they broke up recently? Nine months nine ago. Nine months ago. I don't think she needs to be upset. I don't think she should be upset. I think it's like, it's long gone. It's yeah. past. I wouldn't personally reach out. I agree. Out. Like, the, like, they don't no. owe you anything. Um, they get hot and cold with attention and wanting to talk 24-7. Normal? Yeah. For guys, I think so. Yeah. I think it's pretty normal for guys to either want attention or not at all. I would say it's not no. normal. It's like, don't be hot and cold. Like, just like, pick I'm also a side, new you know? into this again. So I'm like, who knows? Like, yeah, maybe yeah, they yeah, just yeah. don't want to talk to me or they're having <laughs> no hot and cold. Hot and cold's not good. Is it wrong to end communication with someone you've been talking to for a few months because their videos on social media are annoying? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it depends on, depends, yeah. on, I guess. Is it like a dating relationship? Uh, no, just someone yeah, you're talking I, to. I don't think that's a bad reason. I mean, I don't want to date a guy that's doing TikTok yeah. dances. That's, and that's the tea. <laughs> Dead. But I'm no, doing but it's that, different for like, and I'm guys. forcing my like, boyfriend with, like, to do it. Guys by themselves. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Almost six months in, is it a red flag if you still wonder what's out there? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. For sure. Yeah. Six months in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. If your best friend tells you your significant other is cheating on you, but they have no proof and your significant other is denying it, who do you trust? I mean, I'm going to be dumb and end up trusting um, my (laughs) significant other. (laughs) Don't do it. If I had to give it, I would tell you to trust your friend because why would they lie to you? Like they gain nothing from that by lying to you. Nothing. Agreed. You're super into someone and then you finally sleep together and they're inexperienced, yet you still like them, but you're a little turned off. Can you move past Um, it? I think I could move past it as long as, you know, that person is open to, you know, critiques is the wrong word, but like, you know, what's the word for um, telling somebody what to do? Like uh, teaching Teaching them. them. Yeah. Like guiding them or like showing them what you want. As long as they're open to that and they don't get like right. offended or weirded out or defensive about that, I think I can move past it. I agree. Is it a red flag if your significant other has dreams about you breaking up with or cheating on them pretty often? Yeah, because I feel like that's going to transfer over into their real life and then it's going to end up being this whole jealousy thing mm. that kind of spirals out of control. Mm. Yeah. If someone doesn't want to do long distance, does it mean they just don't like you enough? Yeah. I've done long distance twice and there's been a very clear difference between somebody who like my most recent was long distance, but he, even though he broke up with me, I knew he was putting in the effort. He had like, he liked me and he wanted to make it work. If they like you, they'll make it work. Yeah. Significant other has not cheated in the past, but has been the other guy or the other girl. Red flag or deal breaker? Hmm. I think it's a big red flag because they condone that kind of behavior. Maybe even a deal breaker. 
Facts. Is it your fault if you're the girl he tells you not to worry about? Or sorry, the girl he tells her not to worry about. Is it what? Is it oh. your fault? No. Uh, this one's hard. No, it's no, not. Your it's fault. not. No. It's the girl, not. If he tells you that you're the. I think I was confused on the question. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. If someone says they don't deserve you, is it because they don't like you enough or don't treat you well? I think it's because they don't treat you well is good, but it also could be because they're trying to like exit the relationship because they don't like you and they're trying to make you feel less bad about it. You know? Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, amazing. So we usually end our episodes with a quote or piece of advice. So Kay, can you enlighten us with drop some okay, knowledge so on us? I feel like the advice has to come from um, being isolated. So I think a piece of advice, if you did just go through a breakup, I think take this time and do something for yourself. I personally like added mm-hmm. some new stuff into my apartment. I got a new rug. Like I sort of made the place different. So it felt new. I don't think you, you need to be forced to, you should feel forced to be productive or do anything during a pandemic. But I think maybe treating yourself to something new and doing something that will make you feel better is always a good way to handle this sort of situation. Love it. Thank you so much, Kay. Where can everyone find you, follow you, watch you and um, follow along with your... Well, you guys can follow me on any platform at K York City. Um, And you can uh, follow along with The Feeling is Virtual. Um, Stay tuned on Betches for an exact date, but it'll be uh, mid to late next week with everything. But yeah, stay on Betches. We'll have all the information on the guys, when it's coming out, how it's all going to work. So stay tuned on that. Love it. Thank Thank you. you. This was super fun. So fun. If you liked the episode, write us a review or check out our website, we met at acme.com for more information. Bye. 